Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. We've been in a series entitled Red Letters, thus these, uh, these uh, beautiful boards up here on the stage uh, with some of the great commands that we see Jesus giving in Scripture. And uh, for the last uh, really eight weeks, we've been looking at some of the most significant things that, that Jesus said in Scripture. Now, he had a lot to say, um, and we haven't had time to look at every single red letter in the Bible, and so we just uh, felt led by the Holy Spirit to do a select few of them. Uh, you know, the Bible does declare that if all of the works and all the things that Jesus said and did uh, were written about, there wouldn't be enough room on earth to contain all of those writings and all those books. So what we're looking at is that when we see when Jesus spoke in the Bible, it's very significant. And so here we are, and we're looking at that. We're not saying that these are the only significant things in the Bible. Uh, this is just our topic for the last eight weeks. And last week, uh, we started to look at Mark chapter 12. And we're going to continue that thought starting in verse 28. And we're going to look at the second part of that. And what we see here is the great commandment. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. What were they arguing about? We talked about it last week. They're talking about taxes. They're arguing about money. Anybody in here ever argue about money with your spouse or anybody else? Okay. Yeah, thank you. I have three honest, I have three honest people in the place. Either that or you're not married yet. Come on, somebody. Okay. You know, and maybe you say, oh, well, it's not an argument. It's a heated discussion. You call it whatever you want, all right? But they're arguing about taxes, and they're arguing about, you know, who should pay, things like that. How does that work? And then they go into another conversation about relationship and marriage and what's that look like in the resurrection. So they're talking about the resurrection. And one of these guys overhears it, and he hears what Jesus says, and he's, he's intrigued by it. Verse 29, and Jesus answered, the most important, he asked, well, what's the most important question? Verse 29, he said, the most important is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And we covered that portion last week. And looking at the very first thing that Jesus does is he, he tells them what God he's talking about. He's talking about the God of Israel. And that God is one God. And now that we're on the same page and you know who we're talking about, let me tell you how your response should be to the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But the last part we talked about, it doesn't stop there. Jesus goes on in verse 31, which we're going to look at today. He says, the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and there is no other beside him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength. And to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw, he answered wisely. He said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. In other words, in what you just said, in repeating back to me what I just told you, you've embraced the essence of the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared ask him any other question. Wow. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. 
Uh, Lord, I pray that today that you just anoint me to communicate that which I believe you're saying to Canvas Church. And God, we would, we would wrestle with it as individuals. And when we leave this place, it would not be forgotten about, but it would be talked about with our, with our friends, with our, our spouses, with our children, and, and, until it becomes a part of who we are, that we would live your word every day of our life. And so, God, I pray, God, anoint this time now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Uh, it's interesting that uh, uh, he's asked one question. What is the greatest command? It didn't say what is the greatest command. He was just asked of him as he heard him speaking. He was intrigued by what Jesus said and how he answered these other questions that were coming his way. And so this guy walks up and says, hey, what's the greatest command? Singular. And, and Jesus, after he aligns what they're talking about, we're talking about the, the God of Israel, the Most High God. Uh, he answers the question. And he, and he says, hey, it's to love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. But the thought doesn't end there. The thought then continues, and, and Jesus puts something else on there. In other words, almost to say this, that if you're doing the first part, it'll be seen through your actions in the next part I'm about to tell you. If you really love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And second to that is this, and really it's, it's one, but it flows out of the first. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Asked one command, and really it sounds like almost like they get two. I, I got this one, and now I'm, I'm getting this one as well. Love your neighbor. Uh, this is more than your physical neighbor, if you, if you study it out. It doesn't mean that the people that just live next to you and across from you, that in your neighborhood, if you love them, okay, that's good, but everybody else, man, just, it don't matter how you treat them, okay? It, it, the word neighbor here means everybody. It's not just a physical neighbor, it's everybody. The, the, the person I don't know that's homeless begging on the street, love them as you love yourself. The person that's, that, that's rude to you if you're a barista as they go through the Starbucks drive-thru. Come on, somebody. Right? If you're a business owner, right, and the way some customers might, might treat you, love them as you love yourself. Maybe you happen to be a pastor, and, and the way that people treat you, love them <laughs> as you love yourself. Okay? And ev the everybody that you come in contact with, love them. Now that we have that in context, let's, let's, let's think about this now. Love them as I love myself. That is a brutal commandment at best. Are you with me? That is great in concept, and it looks great in a Bible with red letters. But when it comes time to really digest it and to walk it out, certainly he couldn't have meant everybody. Right? Certainly he means brotherly love. Like they, they saw in the church of, of Philadelphia, that, 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 that kind of love. No, let's go back and look at what kind of love Jesus is talking about. It's this word agapeo or agape. And it, and it means this. It means a selfless, unconditional love. To show love or take pleasure in. This is the agape love. 
This is the love that is being used now. So everybody you see, everybody you come in contact with, those are your neighbors, and I want you to agape them as you agape yourself. Wow. That, that's difficult, right? That, that's challenging. As, as, that's a, that's a big word. And say, love them similarly to the way you love yourself. Right? And some people try to, try to take this interpretation of this word as to say to love them uh, in the process of loving yourself. No? What it's saying is it says, love them as. What is this word as? Let me just lay it out for you. It means this. Let me just describe it. If you are energetic in pursuing your own happiness then you have to take that same energy and be energetic in pursuing their happiness. As. That's what it means. In other words, it means this. It means make yourself seeking the measure of yourself giving. Yourself seeking the things that you desire for yourself, the things that you accumulate, the things that make you happy, uh, the things that make you joyful, the things that you take pleasure in, all of those things that you're doing, uh, uh, you need to make sure that you're loving everyone else to that degree as well. Uh, it's going to be quiet today, huh? This is the Bible. The second is like it. He turns it, so it's not just about loving me, because if you love me, then you're going to love your neighbor as yourself. It's important, though, to track the progression of the love. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then out of that, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love self, love others. But notice that in this, he doesn't command you to love yourself. He assumes you love yourself. He commands you to love God, and he commands you to love others, but he doesn't say love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love yourself, and then love others. He says love the Lord God with all those things, then love your neighbor as yourself. Now this is something we have to work through. Because he doesn't command us to love ourselves, what he assumes is he assumes that, that you are functioning in the way he created you. In other words, there's a part of us that will do whatever it takes to be happy. Is that not true? We will do whatever it takes for us to be happy. If there's pain, physical, emotional, whatever it might be, what do we do? We medicate it. We try to remove it. We'll go to doctors. We'll do that. Why? We, 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 want, we want to be happy. We want to be free from that. We don't want that pain. Okay? And so this is the assumption that we're working off that all of us in here have this part of us that says, man, if there's something wrong, I want to fix it in me because I want to be happy. I want to pursue this because this career path makes me happy. I want to make more money because in making that more money, I can have a, a different level of a lifestyle because that makes me happy. Right? And so it assumes that even if you break, and I was a psychology major, you can forgive me later. Even if you break down the very essence of what suicide is, 
And my wife's got a powerful testimony of how she, she attempted to take her life, but God spared her. But the very essence of that is there's so much pain here, and I've tried to medicate it. I've tried to deal with it. I've tried to counsel it. And you know what? There must be a greater level of happiness somewhere else. So I want to remove myself from this pain. Okay? There's this seed. And so Jesus in this statement doesn't command you to love yourself. He assumes that you do. Now here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, that we need to understand. One of the problems is this, is that whatever Jesus says and does, the devil tries to distort it and twist it and manipulate it and ruin it and wreck it and mimic it. Okay? And so here's what we need to understand as people. Is Jesus assumes this. Why? Because he was in the beginning with God. said, let us make man in our own image. Okay? And he made us with the capacity to love ourselves, to fend for ourselves, to do whatever it took to protect ourselves. But yet here's what happens. The enemy comes in and begins to destroy, begins to tear down, begins to manipulate, begins to pick. So all of a sudden now, we begin to look at ourselves, not the way God sees us, but the way the enemy has twisted things. So when I get to this point of loving others as myself, I'm treating them badly. Why? Because I have a low opinion in view of myself. I'm spiteful. Why? Because I'm spiteful towards myself. I have a low opinion of others. I degrade others. I talk down about others. I manipulate it. Why? Because it's all happening right here. So we need to break free from that. How do we break free from that? Do the first one. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and mind. Love, love him that way. I just, I don't know, as I'm, as I'm speaking this morning, I feel like there's someone in here and, and that, that meant something to you. You're here and you have a low self-esteem. You have a low view of yourself. What you need to do is begin to look through the filter of this right here. What God says about you. As you begin to look through that filter and your opinion about yourself. See, people look at you and they think you're negative. And the reality is you're not a negative person. The reality is you're down on yourself. And because you're down on yourself, you get down on others. But if you begin to get into here and you begin to discover what God says about you, your opinion about you will change. And therefore, there's freedom to love others. That's good preaching. Thank you. Uh, Let's just dive in real, real quick. How can I love my neighbor as myself? How can I love my neighbor as myself? That's really the question, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. We talked last week, love the Lord God. You can go back and you can listen to it online. We talked about loving the Lord God, what that looks like, what that means. But how do I begin to love my neighbor as myself? The first thing that would come to mind is simply this. How can I do this more effectively? How can I, because it's a radical commandment. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it takes something to grasp it. 
Because, because here's the reality is we're, we're, trying, we're trying to learn to love ourselves, right? I mean, we're, we're literally trying to love the people in our own house. Come on, somebody. Or am I the only one? It's natural to her to love me because I'm so lovable. But for me, wait, I mean, okay? We're just, I mean, we're honestly, don't, am I the only one that feels like I'm daily working towards this? For those of us that have children, I mean, I feel like Dr. You know, Jackal, Mr. Hyde sometimes. I mean, there's some days I, I, I want to just cuddle them and love them. There's other days I just want to like, you know, you're, you're sleeping outside with the homeless people tonight because I, I ain't doing it. And I'm just working through trying to, trying to love my own house, but yet it, hey, it's talking about loving everybody. The way I, I, you know, the way I love myself. And sometimes, I'll be honest, I feel selfish. Because I love myself. But it, come on, be honest with me, people. But sometimes that doesn't reflect out there. And so sometimes on the other, something off here. Right? I mean, think about, and even, even single people in here, you're, you're just trying to find the love of your life. Let alone love your neighbor as yourself. Are you with me? How many single people? Just raise your hand if you're single. Yeah, there's yeah, about, about half our church is single. Okay? You're looking and you're trying to just work that aspect out. Like, I don't want to love everybody right now. I just want to love one. Right? I just want that one to love me. And honestly, when you get there, it's a pretty awesome feeling, like getting married. And like, yes, there's actually somebody that can put up with me for the rest of their life. That's awesome. You know? But just working to get there. But yet the Bible says that, I know I saw, I saw some spouses looking at each other. Yep, putting up with you, baby. Right? And just wrestling through that because sometimes even in Christianity, we make that, that whole dating season so weird and so taboo. Right? I mean, I've literally seen people give up and like leave. And then they'll come back to church like two years later, married. And they're like, yeah, I had to leave the church just to find someone to get married. And just, I'm back now. Come on, single people. Am I talking to you right now? You, 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 it can get so weird. And like it gets, you know, like I'm, I just want to find somebody to love me, but, but yet if I'm, you know, if I'm texting somebody, it's like, oh, guard your heart. It's a text, people. Guard your heart. First of all, let's put that scripture in context. It's talking about guarding your heart from sin, not guarding your heart from another human. Right? But in the church world, we make it so weird, like, like what, they're going to pop through the telephone and start making out? I mean, come on. I don't know why I'm on this tangent, but it's for somebody, okay? I mean, here's the thing. It's like, if you're going to meet somebody, meet them in the church. Meet them at a community group. And if that don't work, go to the coffee shop and look for the cutest person sitting there and pray that they're a Christian. Right? I mean, here's the thing. Everybody meets through an introduction. And church is a great introduction. And yet, yet we, as, we as the church sometimes make it so weird. Let's just make it easy for people, right, to meet. I mean, it's like, you know, I, text, talk, email, go to coffee, have fun, enjoy life. Does that sound hard? No. 
Now, I, I know that the married people in here are like, can we get on with the message? I don't need to hear this part. Well, I need you to hear this part so you can be on the same page as me. So when a single person comes to you and says, how do I get married? You can just say, go have fun, enjoy life. Okay? I see, but I mean, just, the, the, real, the real issue is, is going back to, to, you know, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Self-control. That's the real issue, right? And if you're not exhibiting self-control in a relationship, then you're probably not exhibiting self-control in other areas. Okay? I mean, honestly, the only common factors need to be, do you love Jesus? Yes. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Okay, let's text till 3 in the morning. Awesome. Because <laughs> some people, no, seriously, can you hear me on this one? Because some people are like, don't do that. You need to guard your heart from what? You're single. You're a Christian. Do you want to get married? Yes. Then just lighten up and love life and love people. Take notes on that. That was for somebody right there. I, why is it? Why is that when Martha was up here, she was getting all sorts of amens and people were. And the pastor gets up there and he's like, oh, man. And he wants me to come back for a vision. I, <laughs> you know? I mean, come on. It's probably because she went under time, right? She had like, I'm taking her 30 seconds on my time right now. How can I love my neighbor as myself? The first thought that comes to mind is this, is focus on God's love for you and your love for him. Focus on God's love for you and your love for him. When you do that, ladies and gentlemen, loving people gets a lot easier. Because here's the reality. I don't, I don't love you just for love's sake. I don't want to try to get along with you just so there can be peace on the earth. I'm doing it because I, as I connect with him and I love him and he loves me, I begin to see all of the stuff that I have in my life. And when I see how jacked up I am, it gets a lot easier for me to accept how jacked up you are. When I'm loving him and he's loving me and he magnifies some areas in my life that I need to work on, and I look at that and I realize if he can love me in spite of that, certainly I can love you in spite of some stuff in your life. See, the minute I stop loving you the way you are is the minute I stop loving him the way I should. When I stop loving him the way I should, it gets easy to nitpick and look at other people and just, ah, But if I focus on my love for him and his love for me, man, loving people gets so, now listen to me, not just loving friends, not just loving those in my house, not just loving those that come to Canvas, but loving those that come to Canvas and don't like it and leave. I don't want to like them and love them. Because apparently they're wrong. So all the visitors today, are, I'm manipulating you and coming back next week. <laughs> I love everybody. I love everybody. I mean, how much grace do we extend to ourselves when we blow it? Ah, oh, that was a bad decision. I'll just, I'll just pick it up and do it right next time. But when somebody else blows it, think about that one. How much grace do we extend to ourselves when we sin? I can make it through this. God, forgive me. I was just dumb. I, 
And then someone else does it, and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that. Unbelievable. Well, yeah, you just did it last week. And you had no problem extending grace to yourself. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? Is, okay. Focus on God's love for you and your love for him. Luke 7, 47, he who has been forgiven much loves much. He who has been forgiven much loves much. Focus on your love. Listen to me. When, when I, when I here, here, let me just put it this to you. Uh, I love my daughters. My daughters are awesome. And when they bring me one of their little creations, I love that thing because of who it came from. Because I love them. And it's really maybe not even that great. But because they took time and created this thing and, and, and put it out there for me, I love it. Nobody else might love it. See, it's easy to love God's creation when you love him. And he puts it out there, and sure, it's not the prettiest thing in the world. But I love you because you're his creation, because I'm madly in love with him. How can I love my neighbor as myself? The next thought that would come to mind uh, is this. Get the plank out of your own eye. Get the plank out of your own eye. Matthew 7 Matthew 7, verse 5. This is a good one. You hypocrite. Well, I'm just reading it. Someone looked up like, what, me? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Let me read it again. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the itty-bitty tiny speck out of others' eyes. Pretty simple. It's funny to me when I watch people and they're, and they're, and they're, and they're nitpicking on people. But every time they turn around, they're whacking me in the head. Right? Because they got this big old, let's go this side. They got this big old thing sticking out of their eye. And they, they're like, dude, can you believe that person? And it's like, and they're turning around, they're just, boom, 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 boom. It's like the guy that walks into the golf store carrying his golf clubs wrong. He doesn't really golf that often, right? And he's just turning around, knocking everything over. That's how silly we look. We're trying to take the speck. We got this big old honking log. I mean, you got a life preserver built in. Come on, so you're going to float if you ever land in the water because it is so big. You could build a, build a ship out of that thing. Are you with me? How can I love my neighbors myself? Easy. Focus on the plank that is in your eye. Focus on that. You deal with that. And loving other people becomes a whole lot easier. But for some reason, we like to deflect on the others. Happens all the time. Someone comes and confronts you because we all got blind spots. Why do we have blind spots? Because we got a log in our eye. We got a blind spot. 
And then someone comes in love, whether it's a peer, whether it's a, you know, someone that, that is over you in some form of authority, whether it's on the job, whether it's in the home, whether it's in the church, and they say, hey, you know what, can I, can I just, you know, help you in this area? What do we do? We deflect. Yeah, well, you, and we might not say it to their, their face because they write our, you know, our paychecks, not our paycheck, but we'll go home, we'll talk about it. I can't believe. But if we just focus on this plank that's in our eye, here's the thing I've realized. Too often times when we're accusing, when I hear people accusing someone of something, a lot of times it means it's they're dealing with it. Case in point, you're hanging out with your friends. Oh my gosh, did you hear Sharon the other day? What a gossiper. Can you believe how much... Now, you don't need to raise your hand. How many of you guys have been a part of that conversation before? We were out with some, some pastor friends, and we were talking. We were at dinner, and we were talking, and, uh, and uh, we went through some uh, rough transitions uh, in our life, moving from one church to another church at one point in time, and to the point where uh, we found out that at Christmas time, these leaders were talking about us at their Christmas dinner, you know? And they're talking, I can't believe Ben and Katie and yada, 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 and all this stuff. And, and so one of the people that have to be there ended up sharing the story with us. And so here I am at dinner with these friends. And I was talking. I was like, man, I can't believe that, that, that we would become so important, that we would become dinner topic conversation. I mean, can you believe these people? I mean, I would never talk about them at dinner. I mean, that is. <laughs> and all of a sudden, my friend looks over at me, and she started laughing. She goes, yeah, it's interesting that they would do it just like we're doing it right now. I said, shut up. <laughs> right? Focus on the plank that's in your own eye. Because here's what I've noticed. We really do see people through who we are. We really do see people through the filter of who we are. And so if we can get that thing, oh, man, this pride, all of a sudden everybody looks less prideful to me. If I can get this anger issue out, all of a sudden everybody looks less angry to me. If I could get this lust issue out, all of a sudden I don't feel like everybody's checking me out all the time. <laughs> get the plank out of your own eye. How, how, how do I love my neighbor as myself? Let's finish here. Because i got to keep in tune with Martha on this one. Finish early. How do I love my neighbor as myself? Lastly, this thought comes to mind. Introduce them to Jesus Christ. Introduce them to Jesus Christ. Introduce them to the love of your life. Introduce them to the one that radically changed everything about you. Introduce them to the one that loves you unconditionally. Introduce them to the one that, that so loved you that while you were still messed up, he laid down his life for you. Introduce them to the one that, that loves you more radically than anybody on earth will ever love you. If he's truly changed my life, and he's truly just absolutely done this miraculous work in me. Oh, what, what's that, oh, that, that song? This little light of mine. 
I don't know why I keep going. I think I sang it like five weeks ago. did a solo. It's awesome. Introduce them to Christ. Because if we really believe that, we've got to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And through that, then I can love others as I love myself. If it's through that awesome, radical relationship with him that, man, I can love people, agape people. I can love them unconditionally. Man, that, that, that my life has been so transformed, so changed, that the way I do business has changed. That the way I love my wife has changed. The way I, I love my kids has changed. The way I, the way I do everything is changed, then that is the ultimate love when we begin to introduce them to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because honestly, everything else is really nice, but it's somewhat superficial until we introduce them to Jesus. Because his is the greatest love. How do I love my neighbor as myself? Introduce them to Jesus Christ. Let me just read to you 2 Corinthians 5. Think about it. I mean, John 13, right? They will know we are followers of him because of our love. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21 from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Amen. Amen. We want people to be transformed. We want them to become new. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us this same ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us this same message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Wow. For our sake, we made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. How do I, how do I love others as I love myself? Focus on your love for God and his love for you. Take the plank out of your own eye. And by all means, introduce them to the one that has radically changed your life. I came across this thought this week. I just jotted it down. It's if we would practice the Bible as much as we sit around and have coffee and discuss it, we'd change the world. If we would take the same initiative that we do to talk about Scripture and put it into practicing Scripture, we could change the world. This, this room wouldn't be big enough to contain If we practice loving our neighbor as ourself, rather than just disgust, loving our neighbor as ourself. God, we thank you for your word today.
Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.